Hey, welcome back to our Blur series. This is week two. As we start today, I was thinking about there are those those dates in world history, those epoch-changing uh, events that happen in the life of the United States or in the life of the world. Of course, the most famous is the distinction between uh, B.C. and A.D., right? The birth of Jesus Christ. There's some other important dates of history as well. Let's see if you can know some of this history. 1440, uh, the invention of the Gutenberg Press changed the world, right? Uh, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, of course, a uh, change for the United States. 1517, when Luther nailed his 95 thesis to the door of the Wittenberg Church and began the Protestant Reformation. We have the year 1941. Of course, we know that was the year when the United States entered into uh, World War II. And then we can think of 2001, uh, the bombing of the Twin Towers and the Pentagon, which really changed the United States. And then there's 2007, the birth of the iPhone and really the ushering in of the digital age. It has really changed everything. This was the start of a time that we're still living in that we're really not sure how it truly affects us. We have access to things in our hands that we probably shouldn't have access to. The world is truly at our fingertips. With a quick Google search, I'm, I can access information that would have taken me weeks if I was back in college researching. Now it's almost instantaneous. With a quick search, I can see the best and the vilest of humanity, right? And we put this power in a device that we give to 12 and 13-year-olds whose brains aren't fully formed yet, and we tell them to go have fun. Uh, we still aren't sure how the digital age is affecting us as humans, but we're seeing a multitude of studies linking the rise of social media with the incredible rise of anxiety and depression and even suicidal thoughts, especially amongst teens. Uh, in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer tells of a recent study done by Tristan Harris, who is a Silicon Valley insider. I, I like what he says. He says this, you know, slot machines make more money than the film industry and baseball combined, even though they just take you know, a few quarters at a time. It's just $5 or $20 because it's addictive, right? Isn't it? And, and those small amounts of money feel like it's no big deal in the moment, right? Just a little bit here, a little bit there. Uh, but over time, it adds up, right? It's the same way with our, our phones. They're so addictive. We look at it a little bit here and a little bit there. We, we fill up the margins of our life with these images and with social media, checking our emails, and we don't recognize that everything on, everything on our phones is designed, intentionally designed, to keep us distracted, to keep us focusing on those things. It is addictive. You know, listen to what uh, Sean Parker, the first president of Facebook, has to say. He says this, God only knows what it's doing to our children's brains. The thought process that went into building these applications, Facebook being the first of them, was all about 
how do we consume as much of your time and conscious attention as possible? And that means that we need to sort of give you a little dopamine hit every once in a while because someone liked or commented on a photo or a post or whatever, and that's what's going to get you to contribute more content. And that's what's going to get you more likes and comments. It's a social validation feedback loop, exactly the kind of thing that a hacker like myself would come up with because you're exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology, end quote. You know, Sean Parker now calls himself a conscientious objector to social media. Think about that. First Facebook president is now a conscientious objector. And there are so many who work in the technology and media industry who don't allow themselves or even their family or children to use the media that they are creating. You know, the majority of Americans, we are becoming compulsive and addictive to the internet, to our phones, to social media. And I wonder what it's doing to our souls. We asked this question last week. What is the hurry of life, the pace of life, the distraction of lives really doing to our souls? And it's not just our kids who are suffering from this distraction and hurry and the blur of life. It's, it's older adults as well. Parents, let me let you in on a secret. Many of our teens... Yeah, in our youth group, they feel like you are more concerned with your phone than with them. You pay attention more to your phone than you do to them. Several of our youth have commented, I wish my mom, I wish my dad would stop looking at their phones and notice me. That's a sad commentary. It is affecting all of us. These disruptions, these compulsions are feeding into our lack of contentment. It's feeding our desires for more and more. Desire in of itself isn't bad, but if we feed the wrong desires, it can have disastrous results. Uh, but, how, but many of us, I don't know, I find myself doing this. You know, you have just a couple of minutes and you, and in between a meeting or in between picking up kids or something, and you find yourself just scrolling social media. We automatically reach for our phones when we find some margin. We fill our margins things that ultimately don't satisfy our desires. You know, St. Augustine wrote this famous line. I love it. God, you have made us for yourself and our heart is restless until it rests in you. So we have social media playing into this restless spirit and we try to fill our soul with things that ultimately don't satisfy. And we do. We have a hard time resting in God. Because the world is trying to constantly distract us, overwhelming us with desires to accumulate more, to accomplish more, and, and we really never are satisfied. And again, we, we find ourselves oftentimes, we feel envious of others as we scroll through perfectly sculpted pictures or people uh, who we think are living the good life. And it causes us oftentimes to lose our joy and our contentment and our happiness. And it replaces it with jealousy and envy. So we have this perfect storm, really, right? A restless human heart living in a digital age of wide open fantasies and opportunities and buy it now buttons and more and more accumulation and more accomplishment and rush to this thing and then to that thing, the blur of life. It puts more and more into our life. And, and we have that, and we weren't designed really to live this type of life, this blur of life. 
So the question is, how were we designed? How were we created? How were we made? I want us to go back to Genesis, to the beginning of our Bible, to look again and remind ourselves of who we are and how we were created. And we're looking at Genesis 2 here. Such a powerful scripture. God says this, And on the seventh day, God finished the work he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. This is such a powerful scripture for us. Uh, It is an account of God creating the world. Here in Genesis, we see God creating the world. It's good. It is ordered. And then on the, the last day of creation, the seventh day, the apex of the story, the last day of the creation account, God rests. Now, do we think God was tired? No, God doesn't grow weary. But this resting is more of a, it's a sense of satisfaction of a job well done, of the good work that he had done. God rested. The Hebrew word there for rest is where we get the word Sabbath. And that's what we're talking about today, Sabbath. In uh, Hebrew, it means is Shabbat. But the, the meaning of the word Sabbath is really to, to stop, uh, to cease from doing something. Reflect on that for a moment, though. Here we have this creation account and God creating, and God stopped. He reflected. He saw that it was good. He ceased from doing. And he built this into the fabric of creation. Not because he needed it, but because as a part of the created order, we need it. We need to learn how to stop, to reflect. He is showing us how to live into the world, how to Sabbath. It's it's more than just a day of rest. It really is a rhythm of life, a, a rhythm that allows us to abide more fully in God. That's why it helps us to, to recreate, to get connected to God. A rhythm that allows us to to stop, to restore, to reflect, to re-energize, to worship, to reconnect with God in deeper ways. That's really the purpose of Sabbath. It's more than just stopping and resting. It also means to delight in something, to to reflect on a job well done, to, to celebrate. And I like that. Sabbath should be really a mini celebration, a holiday. Um... Sabbath is a day to stop the the blur of life, to rest and reflect, delight in the creation, to delight in what God has done, to celebrate family and friends, uh, to recreate. It is built into the DNA of who we are. We are to be a Sabbath people. Sabbath is a way of life built into the grain of the universe. You know the saying, don't you? If you go against the grain of the universe, you're going to get splinters. And that's the way it is if we don't Sabbath. Sabbath is a way for us to really feed our restless hearts with the only thing that truly satisfies God. A a true desire to be in God, to be in the presence of God. It's a way for us to slow down, to get outside the blur of life, to reflect, to soak in the presence of God, to linger with friends and family. And I think it's really interesting uh, in this text, there's this phrase in verse three, so God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. 
Earlier in chapter 1 of Genesis, we see how God blesses the animals and tells them to be fruitful and to multiply. Then God blesses humanity and tells humanity to do the same thing, to be fruitful and to multiply. And then the third thing he blesses is a day. Think about that for just a second. God blesses the animal world, tells them to recreate, multiply. He blesses humanity and tells them to recreate, multiply, and to celebrate. Then he blesses a day, the Sabbath. I hope you see the implication. The Sabbath has the ability to recreate you and to bring forth new life. That's what its purpose is. The Sabbath is life-giving. It shouldn't be a burden. It is designed to give us life, to recharge the batteries, to bring joy. It's purpose to delight celebration. That's what Sabbath should be. So why do we rebel against Sabbath so much in our culture? You know, I think a big part of that rebellion against the slowing down is because we really have assimilated into the culture around us that is always about more, 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 more consumption, a faster, blur, whatever you want to call it. That we, And especially in this digital age that is trying to fill our margins with distractions, we're, we're constantly living in a distracted life. And, and this digital age is replacing rest with really numbness and mindlessness. We're distracting ourselves to death instead of drinking deeply from the Sabbath of creation. We have replaced, think about this, we have replaced the, the paradise of creation and the created order for a lie that taking a bite out of the apple will make us happier. How did that work out for Adam and Eve, right? So let's go back to our scripture that we had last week. This is Jesus. He says this, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sabbath is really designed for us to live into this promise that Jesus is giving here in this text from Matthew. It gives us time to rest in Jesus to take the easy yoke and unload our burdens of life, to, to disconnect from all the inputs that are vying for our attention. Again, Jesus also reminds his disciples that the Sabbath was made for us. The text from Mark 2.27, Jesus is telling his disciples, the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. And that was because you know, the Pharisees, the religious leaders had gotten really legalistic on how you were to uphold the Sabbath. Um, but Sabbath is truly for our benefit. Uh, and the disciples needed to hear that. It is for our benefit, but it's also, it is a command. It's a command because we fight against our own good. And God knows that we'll try to fill our margins with things we shouldn't fill it with. So he commands us to rest. There are two things that we're really called to do on the Sabbath. I've talked about a lot of them, but we're, we're really called to rest and to worship. To rest and to worship. And because we're so legalistic sometimes, we that's why Jesus really had to say that statement ahead. That, you know, it was made for you. We built boxes around what we can and can't do on the Sabbath instead of allowing Sabbath to restore and refresh. Uh, let me say it again. We're called to really do two things on the Sabbath, rest and worship. And so we should kind of filter everything through that. Is this what we're doing on the Sabbath restful to us? Is it uh, worshipful for us? 
And, and worship doesn't necessarily mean to sing worship songs in church, although that is worship too. It's more of a sense of orienting our thoughts and activities that focus on God and His goodness. Going for a walk might be a form of worship. Eating dinner with friends might be worship. Sitting on the back patio or taking a nap might be worship. You, you don't have to be legalistic, but you do need to be intentional. How am I worshiping God? How am I reflecting on His goodness? How am I resting? It's not a checklist. Checklist. It's a grace and a joy. What, you, what should you be doing on the Sabbath? Things that help you rest and things that help you worship. Things that disconnect you from all the inputs of the world and fill you, recreate you in Jesus. Sabbath is just one day a week, but it's more than just a day of the week. It, it really is a rhythm of life. It helps reorient your whole week. You have to plan for it, right? It doesn't just happen. You're going to have to plan ahead. It is a spiritual discipline. But if we do it well, I, I believe it will radically change our lives. Uh, we'll go from a people that live like chaos into a people that live into a rhythm of work and rest and worship and joy and happiness. We live in a world that doesn't know what it means to Sabbath. Even as Christians, we don't know what it means to Sabbath. I have to admit, sometimes I, I don't take the time to Sabbath. Um, we rush from one thing to another. But we need to slow down and rest. We need to stop, reset, stop, and worship. So I want to invite you to Sabbath. And so here's our next step. I want you to decide that you are going to practice Sabbath. And then if you decide to do it, I want you to really think through what will you do and what won't you do. And, and then to think through how will that Sabbath impact your life. I, I would encourage you to try it just for one week and then just build on it week after week. Can you do that? That's, that's really your homework. Your next step is to, to plan a Sabbath this week. Somehow fit it into your schedule to stop and worship. Let's pray. God, I pray for everyone watching that uh, you would help us all, help me included, to truly take Sabbath, to rest and to worship in you. Help us to reflect on it, to be intentional about it. And uh, Lord, we know things will try to distract us, but help us to, to get rid of those distractions so that we can truly reflect on you, whether it's disconnecting our phone, putting it away, turning it off, shutting down our computers, getting out or getting alone or being with friends where we can recreate whatever it is, Lord, help us to recreate to Sabbath in you so that we can live a life and a rhythm of Sabbath that fills us with joy and peace. We love you, Lord. We pray in your holy name. Amen. Hope you have a great week. See you all next week.